Hi, I'm Matthew Viriapa, and you're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers. On this episode is Morgan Hartman. Never had your little heart in mind. Set a coat when I have the time. Can I somebody? Morgan is the lead singer of Oklahoma rock band LCG and the X. They released their debut album on Friday, March 13th of last year. So by the time they released their first album, Everything was turned upside down real, like so quick that we couldn't really even have time to plan or think about a lot. So what does a band go through and feel when their first album is released at probably the worst possible time? Morgan talks about what it was like listening to the album now and what comes next. Um, my name is Morgan Hartman. I'm the lead singer and synth player of LCG and the X. We're a primarily female band. We have one man member, I guess. Um, and so we have a very pop, kind of a very estrogen vibe to us for the most part. But also we have a lot of very edgy vibe that we've tried to hone in on um, and an angsty vibe as well. So yeah, check it out. It's on all streaming platforms. Yeah, I like how you like, there's like quotation marks around like man member. <laughs> yeah, we started out female. And so, you know, that was usually a point of topic for everybody. But um, now it's not really the case. It doesn't matter either way. It's just, I guess I'm used to it being brought up. Who's, whose idea was it to, to start up this band? I've read that it was kind of like a, like kind of like a, a wild thought that was brought up in kind of just a random conversation like hey let's all go to Barbados or something kind of thing <laughs> yeah actually I there's it's been a while since we initially had the concept so I'm sure there's I'm not totally positive how to pin down when it was decided but I think Caitlin did it the drummer um because I don't know if you had heard but well she made up the name for sure which was originally Larry Chin's girlfriends and the X, which was this other band called Larry Chin. We were all dating them, except except Caitlin, the drummer, had broke it. Had a kind of at the time. I mean, we're all friends now, and they're great guys. But um, at the time, you know, kind of a tumultuous breakup with their lead singer, and so we were still hanging out and still going to their shows and stuff. And she was the one that was like, "Let's start a band, Larry Chin's girlfriends and the X," kind of making fun of herself, like being exiled from the group in a sense. But, and I was like, that's actually a pretty brilliant name. And then I was like, we could really do this. So I think I kind of spurred it, but she initially had it probably as a joke, which is how most things start with us. And then I'm, I'm like the crazy one that's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's make a puppet show and then make a music video and then make a band and then make a short film about it all. Do you ever regret uh, like naming this band basically after like an old boyfriend's like band because you'll you'll have to talk about them every time like anyone asks you about the name now i know well i mean give them a little hype you know they're great and i've i actually i used to record write and record one song for every album so i'm on all over the album too and uh caitlin she did photography for the album all his albums he has a bunch of stuff he's incredible but um no, and that's why we shortened it to LCG and the X, 
it was Larry Chen. It was the full name. And now I think it's kind of a funny story that is a short, easy way to tell a big thing that happened and give Larry Chen a little credit. They're great guys. And I don't think he's playing with that band anymore. No one's playing, but I don't think he's writing anymore. He's a different project, but all that music he made was really good. Um, so I don't really mind. I hope he doesn't mind. It's all in good, you know, authentic, fun, love. I was always itching to get out Now I'm crying cause I can't go back Someday I'll be somewhere Wishing I was somewhere It seemed like you guys were just on this grind for like, you know, 2019 and then 2020. What was it like having the weekend for your show kind of just get shut down? No, we're coming up on the anniversary. The 13th is the day. So we'll have a moment of silence for that at the end of the show. But um, yeah, that kind of sucked. It really did. But everything was so nutty and just unknown at that point that it was like kind of the least of our worries almost. Because we're like, is everyone going to die? <laughs> but, you know, or like, or is this going to, not everybody, but is this going to affect a good amount of people I know in a very negative way? So it, it did suck and we still did a fun little, um, I think Ryan LaCroix helped us with a little bit, just kind of an online stream that was really fun of the whole album. And then we did a video to it. So, but um, yeah, we worked for, I think a year and a half on that album or two, maybe two years on the album in the studio at different stages, just trying to get it all knocked out. And once we finally did, we got a lot of good feedback, but yeah, it just kind of sucked not being able to do that promotion live. That's, I feel like that's the biggest impact we've been able to make is when we do live shows, we get the most feedback. So yeah, that did kind of suck just not being able to have the opportunity to play. And that's when the most people have, you know, they form that connection with us. And a lot of people do, it's been really cool and come pretty easy comparatively to some other people I've seen or projects I've done. People just kind of connect with it when we play live and they have an experience, which is, literally the one sole purpose I have I'm trying to fulfill when playing live so it's like that works out it makes me know I'm doing my job at least if I can get some people's attention and give them a moment in time because a lot of people will come back and say like I have this memory from your shows you know they feel it it's kind of imprinted on them which is nice um but yeah I did like not getting to release it hopefully in the future we'll get to have like one big bash and then just pretend like it's new again <laughs> uh oh sorry quick question uh were are you able to record on your end oh yeah 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 hold on one minute my cat is meowing at the door come on come on i'm sorry she loves to be on camera come here okay i'm back sorry about that so i guess Back to like having to cancel that show. Did you have any input on that decision, or was it something that you guys collectively kind of had to say, like together, like, okay, we're going to cancel this? Yeah, we made the decision. Uh, ultimately, businesses were just starting to shut down. I feel like that weekend, it was supposed to be on Friday the 13th last year. I feel like that weekend is when everyone was like, okay, it's bad. Shut them down. We were just, we were like, I just, 
can't right now is not a good time to have a huge group of people in a small space and so we were just like yeah just better safe than sorry can't do it Everything just kind of went out the window. It was a little disheartening in a sense. I don't think, just looking back, I can see that for all of us. And then right after that, I got super sick. But it wasn't COVID. I mean, I took two tests and it wasn't COVID. It was some sort of crazy, I don't know what it was, like a flu. It was just like, it was bedridden for like three weeks. And then also COVID was a thing. So I was locked in the house because they thought it was COVID. But it was before testing got more structured. And so I had to wait like 10 days for my test results for one test. And so I was like confined in my house right off the bat, right after the show for like a month and a half. So it was just like everything was turned upside down real like so quick that we couldn't really even have time to plan or think about a lot. Um, it was more just mentally, individually trying to figure out what the hell was going on right now. We kind of just took some time to ourselves, all of us to, you know, like everyone just trying to emotionally, mentally stay with it and figure out what life was going to be for the next few months. It turns out it was weird, you know, for everybody. Um, so every, I don't know, everything seems on pause. And I think that is a lot of why we haven't been too proactive in our engagement online or, you know, doing any sort of live. We did one live stream in August with Tower Theater that was really fun. But otherwise, I think it's just, it seems like everything's paused still. I'm trying to actively get more proactive and start engaging more and pushing more online it's just, it seems like everything else is so complicated right now that it's hard to find the motivation to do that. I don't want to make excuses, but that's just the truth. No, no, I think that's totally valid. And I remember there were so many like things about don't feel bad that you aren't being productive with all this extra time because it's like extra time in a really crazy world. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wasn't very productive before all this happened. So, I mean, this doesn't help. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, were you guys able, like, did you guys keep in pretty steady contact with each other? Like, um, did you guys practice still, like, even just to be able to play music with each other? Or... No, we didn't at all. Um, we practiced before the live stream a few times. Um, and we haven't really practiced since if just cause we don't plan on playing live. Um, so yeah, if we had something like another stream 
uh, or a live recorded video we practice, but otherwise we're all just kind of taking the time to get do our own thing. Everyone in the band has a lot going on. Caitlin goes to school full-time, works full-time. Alyssa works full-time and then full-time for someone else. You know, she works a ton pretty much. And then, you know, Peely works two jobs. I had a job that I would work and now I don't, but I do now. So what, what has it been like then for like the last, you know, year to just kind of have to go through the paces and also like uh, end up quitting your job and then trying to find a job? A new job like it seems like a lot of stuff to try and go through but also not a lot of stuff i know it's what it felt like i was like every day i'm so busy i'm doing nothing yeah i don't know yeah it was weird i love not having a job but i don't like not having money but not having a job was amazing and i did a lot of thinking and kind of getting i don't know i would have liked to have had a job like a month or two ago that wasn't really my goal like I said, it's just the job market was absolutely out of control but as far as not hiring me goes. But um, um, for some reason, you know, we had a lot more momentum when we were playing shows. I know I did. I can't, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but just the general sense I get is that when we're playing shows and we have things in the books, plans, it made it easier to feel more real now everything feels even less than part-time it just feels kind of like well if you have a motivation to do it someone do it you know but I'm trying to work on taking over that responsibility and just being more engaging with our crowd that we've worked to build I don't want to let it go and now you have the pandemic it's a perfect time everyone's online a lot you you've really fed off like the live energy of like seeing people really in person, come to your show and like thrive off of that. Well, and of being in the studio recording the album. So it's like those two things are totally gone now. Um, so I'm just, I think that that's a lot of why in with the pandemic, it just doesn't seem, it seems so far away, but we can get back into it. Um, I, I would love to play shows. Playing shows is my favorite thing ever. I need to perform. It, it's like you said, almost been a year now since this album. Have you gone back and listened or played some of the songs just like on your own? And do you feel any kind of new emotions or feelings uh, towards the songs that you, you wrote while, you know, kind of the world was a very different place? Yeah, no, if I, if I listen to it, I'll just cry. But um, just because I'm so happy for it and it's my baby and something so special with me and the other my other friends in the group. And it's also, you know, kind of sad for it because it's happened during such a strange time. But also that's interesting in its own right. And I hope if some people listen to it during it and maybe that helped a little. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always nice when people bring it up because then it sometimes I forget. And maybe it's a coping mechanism just to kind of put it out of my mind and so I didn't get a lot of closure with it, but um, it's always really, really nice when people bring up that they've listened to it. Or the other night I was at Pony Boy for the first time since, I feel like since before all this happened and they played the music video for Runaway and played it and everyone was clapping and it was really cool. And that made it feel like something really special. And then, cause some people have talked to me and they say it is really special to them for whatever reason. And that, that, you just, you know, you work so hard for years on these things and you throw them out there and you kind of have to put it out of your mind for better or worse, you know, because you don't, 
want criticisms hard. Not that it's not necessary, but you just kind of, you'll have anxiety about the product. Um, and so it's really nice to hear people really sincerely tell me how they enjoy it and how, and then it's like, oh, it's out there running. It's out there with its own life. You know, it's like your kid, it's like, she's doing okay. She's out there. It's, she's found a home. I guess rewinding even further back than a year now, like uh, what was the kind of process behind, you know, this this first debut album? Where were you guys when you wrote some of these songs? And then uh, what was it like trying to to take it all into the studio? Um, So we kind of just, Peely would have an idea on guitar. I would have a few ideas of melodies or on synth or on guitar a little bit sometimes and she would make them better um and we just kind of started writing these songs it started out trying to I think trying to be a little more chaotic and just do something a little different that was more liberating for all of us as individuals and as females you know just trying to get some angst out um and then we started getting more artistic with it as far as trying to hone in on structures and make it a complete listenable song, which a lot of that came with Jared Evans, who produced it at Black Watch. And some of it, you know, we go back and forth with how poppy do we want it to go, you know, just as far as sellability goes versus what we, how we wrote it, which might more just be to kind of scream. Um, so he helped us a lot find the line between that that made both of us happy because you don't want to pay a bunch of money for something that only means something to you, you know, or that only you're going to get. So and our market is pretty wide as far as our statistics go and the data we have on what people listen to us primarily, which goes into kind of an older crowd even. So and some younger, but so I wanted something that would apply to all of those people and all those fans. And so we we worked a long time with Jared and each other trying to figure out and rewrite parts. A lot of the songs were completely rewritten structurally and parts were added, choruses were added, choruses were taken away and replaced with something different. We worked a long time putting different puzzle pieces together for the album and Sometimes it was really fun and really exciting. And we're like, yeah, this is way better. And sometimes it was a little tumultuous and confusing as far as, you know, one person might be like, well, that meant that to me. I kind of want to keep it. And we're like, yeah, I get it. But we all kind of agreed that this might be better. And that happened with all of us on di in different times throughout different songs, because we all have different pieces of the songs that mean something different to us and a different vision for how we think it should sound. So getting that between four people or five people to come to one thing at times was hard, but always pretty rewarding. I think everyone's really happy with it. It was never anything too extreme. I think it, the 2019 version of Runaway is different than the one that ended up being on this album. Just to use that as like an example, how how did that song go from what it was then to what you hear now on the album um what parts were like kind of like you felt were important to change or you like the changes more so we released a, a tiny little ep when we first started that um that was i think it was peach boys little peaches runaway 
maybe it was just three. No, Shark Week was in there too. So those four songs was a little EP and some people have old tapes of it, but they are totally different. All the four of those songs and all those songs are on this album, but they, they sound totally different. On Runaway specifically, that one, I mean, I'm trying to even remember what all we changed. Because now I'm after recording the album and listening to it a few times and playing it the new way, it's kind of even hard to remember how it ever was. I think on Runaway, we added we added a chorus. Well, not a chorus, a pre-chorus. That's like... Otherwise, that one's kind of the same. That's one that Peely wrote almost from the ground up by herself, and we came in and added our thing to it, and I sang it. she wrote it like 10 years ago or something how do you approach like singing someone else's words i love it it's i think it's super fun because i i've worked with my own ideas my whole freaking life you know so sometimes it's nice to have someone else hand you something and then you can interpret it how you want and plus i just thought it was such a great song she's she writes some really awesome songs and i just fell in love with this one immediately and i was like you could definitely sing that so I add my own little spin to it. It's still honestly a lot like what she wrote, but um, throughout the whole album, there's been little things, a band, like Caitlin had the idea for the line, white line getaway. Alyssa had a bunch of lines that she just randomly wrote in the studio when I was trying to find words or rewrite verses or rewrite choruses or bridges. She has a lot in Peach Boys. Like, so we all kind of contributed in weird ways. What's like, I got an idea. And just, we sit there and brainstorm so what was a, a song that you that you came up with, like kind of the seed of it and then um, how how it kind of developed from what you had originally thought of? Um, well, Part Time Lovin' is one that I pretty much wrote from the ground up. I had a, like a really not that great guitar and a chorus that chorus got completely rewritten That's one that I kind of wrote from the ground up and then it got, I don't want to say shredded, but like 
mixed up, but now it's like my favorite song. I mean, I love it so much better and I helped shred it. It was like a big puzzle. We were putting all these different pieces together. That's part of the fun. That's what I like the most about the studio is going in there and like a scientist and experimenting with different things and having theories about what might work and then be like, oh, that didn't work at all. That's terrible. <laughs> and then figuring out how to make it work. come back, Morgan talks about starting off as an all-female band and writing a rock song inspired by A Tale of Two Cities. I love that book. That right after this break. KOSU has a podcast to bring you news on what's happening in the state of Oklahoma. The KOSU Daily includes local headlines. State Impact reporters will bring us the latest on education, health care, and criminal justice. And we have news focusing on agriculture and rural issues, as well as indigenous affairs. You can subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The KOSU Daily, Oklahoma News, every weekday. You know, you, you brought up the word edgy, estrogen, female. Are these, like, things that you were aware of, like, when you were writing the music that you were going to be viewed as kind of like this this female band? And if that was, like, something that you guys were hesitant about being viewed as, like, oh, we're an all-girl band kind of thing? No, we weren't hesitant. We were like, hey, if this helps, great. It's not like you know, it will take any help we can get, especially after being in the music scene and playing with a bunch of guys. I'm not saying it's bad. I love all my guy friends. They're awesome, but it's different. And especially like even dating guys in a band, you get treated a little different sometimes. And even just being like, when I, I started in bands when I was like 20 with all guys and it they did treat me different than the guys, either in like a hypersexualized way or in just kind of a dismissive way. And some people were awesome and didn't do that at all, for sure. But there was still, it was noticeable, the difference. And figuring out how to not be insecure in those instances, you know, it's when you're so young, you don't know, and you're scared, you know, and you don't know that you need to have all this confidence or realize that what they're doing exactly. So a lot of it came from that sort of angst of being kind of dismissed or ignored or hypersexualized. I would say for sure, especially in the beginning, we were kind of mad and we still are. We're all just um, individually that like spirited like that. I think even in our daily lives, we would always kind of do that. That definitely feeds a lot of that energy in the album. Yeah. And why you guys don't have uh, any apprehensions about being very upfront about the fact that like this originally was like just an all all girl outfit. Yeah. 
And we wanted to speak up for things. We wanted to have intentions that and project a message. We've always tried to be unapologetically on the side of what we consider good and kind of intimidate the shitty old structures of things. And a lot of people do that all the time, but that's, we're like, well, we definitely want to go into it kind of hard headed in that sense of like, you're not going to get away with a bunch of bullshit. And we're going to kind of stand our ground and say what we want to say and be angry about it because it needs to be said. some of the influences then for you know the songs and kind of just maybe the the general aesthetic for the band yeah it's it's so collective um because we all have pretty i mean pretty similar but also varying ideas of what we like as far as music goes um peely loves nirvana she like that was one thing i i know specifically i don't know if she listens to him all the time now i'm sure she would if it was on but she said, you know, going into this, that's kind of her inspiration because it kind of shaped her a lot as a young lady um, and helped her feel free in an essence of being kind of edgy. And at the time that was kind of edgy, you know, and it seemed like they were angry and giving a good message that no one else was really giving at the time, especially in Aussie and stuff, some of the harder songs. And with planning her guitar and how she was gonna, what pedals she was gonna get, what sounds she was gonna use, cause she has pretty gnarly guitar in some of the songs and live it can get even crunchier. She just kind of wanted to be loud and proud, which was amazing, that's what we wanted too. And um, for Caitlin, I don't, I don't know. She likes a lot of good music. I usually would find my music from her. And then I like, I mean, I like everything. I don't know. I like Portishead. I used to listen to a lot of like metal music in high school, I guess. And so I've always liked screaming and being a little harder when you can. But then I also love ABBA and pop so much. So I love to be able to sing a nice falsetto note and then scream in your face. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, it seems like you have a very unique way of, of saying who have been kind of the the vocal inspirations for you. Probably, I don't know, maybe like Mars Volta or something. <laughs> and like Brand New, I love I love the band Brand New. And um, Me Without You, probably one of my favorite bands ever, but they he had a very interesting lyric style and he's an incredible lyricist. And the way he would scream and sing and just really emote you could, I mean, you could feel it when he would sing live or on recording. And that was a huge inspiration for me just because I wanted to get that guttural feel across that like forced you to feel something or forced you to be like, wow, she's really means what she's saying. And to get across the message of the importance and just, I don't know, maybe it was over 
emoting at times, but that's what I wanted to do. In a sweater poorly knit and an unsuspecting smile, little Moses drifts downstream in the Nile. A fumbling reply, an awkward, rigid laugh, and I'm carried helpless by my floating basket raft. Your flavor in my mind is back and forth between sweeter than any wine, as bitter as mustard greens, and it's light and dark as honeydew and pumpernickel bread. So that's a big one, and then I'm trying to think of any lady ones. I don't know, I love um, metric, a lot of kind of poppier stuff. I listen to all sorts of crazy stuff, but I've tried really hard to find my own specific weird way of going about it that really just has to do with, for one, how far I, what I can do and um, what is the most interesting to me. And I'm kind of, I squirrel out a lot, you know, I get, I'm like that and that and that, I love that. So sometimes when I'm writing or singing, I just try to find what I would consider just a really good hook or melody that is kind of captivating. And uh, I've actually just worked really hard to not sound like other people. Cause when I first started, that's, I found myself doing that only. And it was just kind of annoying and inauthentic and, just trying to copy something else. I didn't even know I was doing it, but I very much was. And so I don't ever want to do that again. I just want to constantly try to find my own voice and not have anyone tell me what to do. To take a, like a random song, uh, and dig into like just the process for it. Uh, like where, where does a song like shark week Ooh, kind of start? Spicy. <laughs> I mean, was it watching Shark Week? No, I wrote that song about the book Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. And I um, I think it was also during a situation with an issue with inequality, you know, like in the public media was going on. This was years and years and years ago. But I was just thinking about inequality in general and that's what that song is about is the disparity between the rich and the poor and um also there's like a underlying note of being on your period you know just like the funny thing about people saying like you're aggressive or you know what I mean because it's like why are these girls angry because it's shark week so that one actually has a, a few different meanings but the underlying theme I wrote about was inequality and disparity between the rich and the poor and do you just you start off with like this kind of like germ for like writing a song about inequality. Uh, where does the the music kind of happen within that? That one happened. The music happened first. Peely and Caitlin had that like the cowbell. What's another guy? I'm crazy, I'm angry. Peely had that dun 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 dun. I came in and wrote all that over that. So let's just survive today and come on and say, I know you're sick of being quiet. Another day, another girl. Another useless altercation. Another crisis education. You 
heard that cowbell and you were just like, inequality, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It just sounded kind of like a crazy bus going down the road full of hippies or something, just like, like or Muppets or something. No, I don't know why I'm thinking like uh, Les Miserables, where it's just like, that these are the bells that are ringing exactly or yeah <laughs> revolution exactly there's a lot of um tale of two cities stuff written secretly into that was there like a detail from the book that like concretely made it in just like oh this is like my favorite scene i'm gonna just like put this into the song well yeah i'm trying to think of the words because it was like um you bring the torch i'll bring the match you get the torch i'll bring Is like meet me down at the guillotine is in the chorus and then one of them was like You know, there's the knitter, madam, whatever, in Tell Two Cities who's knitting the names. That's that has two meanings. It's the knitting and then um, for Tell Two Cities and also for like, I'm just sitting around here knitting. think i've read tale of two cities i think i'm getting it confused with like oliver twist or something uh but just to like imagine like this dickensian kind of world but listening to that song while picturing like those people in like that kind of uh, era oh my god i know so somehow it works though in my mind i know oh it's beautiful. There's this dance they do in it called the Carmignole, I think is what it's called. Probably never said it right, but um, that the poor people do. And I was always wanting to do like a video of them doing it to that song. Is there like kind of an image thing with like peaches? Your album cover has like, you know, a peach on the back of the jacket and you have a song called Peach Boys. Um, is there like a particular significance there yeah i don't know i that was just kind of a not a run a kind of a running joke between all of us just some sort of peach theme and i initially had wanted to call wanted to name the album bar fruit and me and peely i don't i don't know you know like you had all these ideas and then thank god they get kind of strained into something a little better but and me and peely had named all the songs and they were all after um fruits like White Line Getaway used to be called Pineapple Carmen. And then there was like a cherry one and a peach, peach boys and raspberry splits or something. I don't know. But it was like a bunch of, it was all fruit themed. I don't necessarily know why. I think it might've just been like a visual aesthetic we, we liked. I don't really know why. At the time we thought it was the best idea in the world. 
But then the peaches kind of stuck because, like, peach boys was something we'd always say about, like, fuck boys, you know? So then we were always joking about peach boys being peach boys, you know, because throughout the course of it, every, we'd have run-ins with them, you know? You shall not! I wrote that about this one freaking guy that I dated on and off since I was like 16. But it was just about, you know, being annoyed by those situations. So that was that whole song was about that. And I was just like, I hope he hears it. I hope he knows. (laughs) (laughs) His name is like James Peach or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's just, his skin is peach color. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not the only one. We all had our own peach boy in our lives that were just like, what is his problem? (laughs) Whenever we do like end up having like, a normal kind of like show and you guys are able to to perform live in front of people do you think it will just be like the most whacked out like crazy high energy show just like pent up energy <laughs> from like months of not playing or is it going to be like no i'm ready i'm hyped yeah i'm probably going to go overboard <laughs> i don't i don't see that not happening <laughs> I'm going to go wild. Oh my God. I can't wait. I can't wait to play again. I'm going to lose it. It's weird. Like it's like an identity loss when you can't play every time. There's been a few years, like in between LCG and my last band, there's like a year or so where I was playing with no one. I had no prospects band wise. And I mean, I went to depression or, you know, even when you kind of in one, you don't know. And you look back and you're like, you were drunk every day for a year, you know, and or you're, you're just like, you were not being yourself or making good decisions. It just like it sends me into a weird spiral of identity loss and I'm trying to cope with that now. I'm more aware of it, but it's it's going to be really nice to be able to play again for whatever freaking reason. I want to that badly to get attention. I don't know. I need it. I need it. I feel like everyone should be looking forward then to like that first show back because it sounds like it's going to be like crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine. I've done a lot of thinking, you know, about playing, about my performance. And so, yeah, I want to I come back. I think it's going to be very tuned, fine-tuned, I hope. Maybe not the first one, but the second one for sure. Are there any plans that you'd like to share right now? Like what's kind of in the future for you and, and LCG? Right now we're trying to figure out, you know, what our next move is and what every, where everyone's at in their lives in regards to the band. So we're kind of still figuring that out. We're not sure. Um, We haven't had to be sure because like I said, there's not any opportunities that we've needed to do. So probably putting that off until it's opportunity time. (laughs) My goal is to think about some promotional aspects as far as getting um, engaging with our 
based on what they want merch-wise, getting that to them. Um, and then I want to, it'd be nice to plan a live recorded video. So I want to, I've got a few different things I want to do and start engaging more with our crowd um, online right now. So that's kind of it, but that's also vague. It's almost not even worth saying, but all that to say, I will be telling everybody on through the LCG Instagram and Facebook and all that when plans start popping up, which hopefully my goal is to do, you know, by the end of this month, start having a few things and engaging more with them. I just feel bad because we haven't done that a lot this year at all. Um, and that is our bad, but I want to get better about that. That's my main goal. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about more? Was there a song that you were just like, people need to know how much work I put into this song. <laughs> the world deserves to know oh. like, that there's so much torture behind this one song that they just don't know about. I don't hear a lot about Forgive Me. Forgive me. And it almost didn't make its way on the album, but I'm glad it did. We didn't play it all live because it's slower. It just we'd play it for shows that needed that, and plus it's really hard to sing vocally. So I was always like, "No, let's let's save it for next time." <laughs> Starts out with just guitar and me, so you can hear everything. <laughs> so it's a lot of pressure on the vocals. I'm dizzy from sweet regret. It's a slower one that me and Peely worked on, kind of together one-on-one -on -one for a long time. I'm a cold heart, Morgan Hartman with LCG and the X. Find out more about LCG and the X at KOSU.org. There you can also find a full list of the songs played in this episode. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Variapa.